there, everybody. Welcome back to the Gamer Fanewer podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Bradford Carlton. Today, I have a very special guest with us. I have Andrew Packenham. Hey, Andrew, how's it going? It's going well. It's going well. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And where do you hail from? Uh, well, I'm currently in Kansas. Uh, grew up and learned about life in Wisconsin. So it's been basically a Midwest life for me. So uh, you know nothing but snow. You were born in it, molded by it. Exactly. Well, unfortunately, in Kansas, we don't have a ton. Usually it snows very, very briefly, melts, turns into a soggy mess, and then we're back at it again. So it's a cycle. It's pretty great. <laughs> I grew up in California. I live in Las Vegas now. I try oh, to avoid snow. I lived, I lived in Ohio, in. just south of Cleveland for like nine years. I know what snow is. I, yep. I, I, I try to avoid it. That's probably smart. Yeah, I, I wish I could, but my wife keeps me here, so I'm stuck. <laughs> I, I yeah. <laughs> sorry, <All right>. sorry. <laughs> it's all good. Nine years in Ohio is all I have to say. Yep, that's fair. Yeah. All right. So, Andrew, I like getting the show just started right into it. So, why don't you begin by just telling us a little bit about yourself, please? Well, um, you know, I, I didn't really start on this path in a conventional way. Uh, I went to school for golf course management. Sounds kind of crazy. Yes, there is a major for it. I know no one ever believes me, uh, moved down to Kansas city to do that and really grinded that for about six years and got to the point where I kind of burnt myself out just because I didn't really realize what off days were back then. So, uh, you know, being 32 now that that's just kind of how I spent my early years after college and then tried to transition to something that was potentially more of a, a, a career than just a, you know, a, a kind of more fun job, uh, work, worked my way into the, uh, financial advising world, insurance, stuff like that. Uh, you know, it was, it was nice to be able to learn that, but I realized very quickly that I was not a salesman. I, that's just not my personality. I, I don't like pushing people to do something that they don't feel comfortable with. That seems to be what their specialty is. So I was like, depends on the company for sure. Well, well, yeah, for sure. Not, not everyone. Um, but for the most part, you know, it was, it was one of those things that it was, it was nice to meet people, but just wasn't for me. Um, so, and while I was towards the, the, the end of that, I started something I've, I, I've always liked video games, always had a, a passion for them, never realized that there was career potential out of it. Um, and that's something that's obviously changed a lot over the last couple of years, uh, where they're obviously booming. Um, and honestly, we haven't even seen the tip of the iceberg with it yet because it's, it's such a big market overall. But uh, in my spare time, I've always been a Xbox Call of Duty player uh, that I'm simple like that. I, I never had a, a PC. The, the PlayStation side of things, I never wanted to mess with. I'm like, no, Xbox always wins. That, that battle, I'm always on that side of it. But I started a, a league for fun. Uh, it's sorry. This is a very long backstory. I apologize. I'm not sure this is what you're getting. Oh, keep going. It's all good. Fair enough. Um, but I started a, a amateur league for Xbox players because obviously PlayStation being the, the home for the professional side of things, that's where all of the, you know, structured competitive uh, places to, to play were. So kind of found a, a small niche for me. It, it blew up into something that, you know, now we're sitting there with, uh, you know, a really good following, very good standing in the community, uh, have have had a lot of the very high end amateur players compete because that's what we aim to do is is provide for the amateur community. That's kind of the wild, wild west in all these sports and mainly Call of Duty because it's just it's just chaos. But um, it, it kind of evolved into a, a partnership with a company that's partnered with, you know, Renegades and um, now I got hired on full-time with Renegade slash their, their, uh, parent company. So there's a lot more backstory there, but 
I'm trying to not uh, talk everyone's ear off. So <laughs> it's all good. I'm, I'm sure we'll, we're about to talk to it. About sure. it here in a Fair seconds. enough. Yeah. Um, before we do that, though, I start every interview with a single question. So I'm going to ask you just like I ask everybody else. Mm-hmm. So on a scale of one to 10, 10 being high, how weird are you, Andrew? That depends on the setting. Uh, oh, man. If, if I'm home with my wife, I would say probably an eight or nine. Uh, if I'm, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty weird. And it really, let's just, what, let's just say what makes you weird? Just, like, what, what is it? Like, I don't want people uh, just come on. I'm a 12. Like, why? I like anime. Oh, uh, no. Well, I don't know. It's, it's probably just at, at times if I, you know, if I'm in a, a great mood, sometimes my personality just, just gets kind of goofy. Like, I like to, uh, you know, screw around with with my wife or or friends and just kind of i don't know do do see this is such an open ended question and i really have no way to answer it accurately or sound even remotely confident about it i let's just say a seven and it's it's my personality just just trying to come through it and it can be very goofy at times so let's just let's just say good. that <laughs> <laughs> all right so andrew this is the gamer preneur podcast so i do need your gaming cred you may be doing call of duty now but when did you first start playing video games uh i mean very first started probably with like n64 back in the day i was i have to say a very dominant mario kart 64 player i don't think i ever lost uh, enjoyed that game thoroughly uh but it really kind of took off i would say when i was in college or actually just before that that's kind of when um when the online gaming started or that's that's when it became an option and i was so blown away by it that i i just couldn't believe that you know i could compete against people across the country world you know whatever it is online in a video game and even to this day that, that that's still crazy to me but that's really where i started playing um never really took it overly seriously just you know played with with friends but found that i just loved it more than anything you know like it was go to class come back and you know play xbox it was just non-stop but now that i i'm obviously older and my thumbs don't work with that, that they used to uh it's it's something that i th- almost more so enjoyed you know being like a leadership type role management type thing than i did actually playing which is even more rewarding so very cool all right other than a uh, cod what do you play today uh i've tried to get into valorant i i'm very much so new at the mouse and keyboard thing uh so i'm trying my my, my best to learn that and i'm sure it does not look very pretty if you're on my team so uh trying to learn that i i want to get into tarkov at some point i have some buddies that are slow but surely getting pcs so i'm i'm trying to get the old heads into uh pc as well so we need to try something different because playing you know pga and Warzone and whatever else gets a little bit old so we need to to, to try something different <laughs> i tell you i feel your pain like everybody's like yeah do the mouse to, like look and I try it and like, it just doesn't. So I just go and buy controllers and just to yep. whatever to pick to my PC. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I still use my, my uh, controller for like, whenever I play Call of Duty on my PC, but for the most part, it's, I'm, I'm trying to stick to, uh, you know, mouse and keyboard. It's just so foreign to me. I don't know if I'll ever fully get it, but it's a battle. <laughs> All right. Uh, one kind of gaming, one last gaming related question, then we'll kind of get sure. into what you do and your backstory and how you got here and all that. Um, you know, you're only a couple of years younger than I am, but if you had to pick, you know, one game as your all time favorite, which one is it? Oh, um, all time favorite. I don't know why this is such a tough question for gamers. Like, well, I mean, I, I, I think I'd, I'd have to go with a Call of Duty game, but there's a couple that I really, really 
love and there's a couple, you know, like Black Ops 2 was probably one of the, the best competitive games I played. Um, but like, you know, Modern Warfare 3 was a was a blast. It was probably the most fun I had with my buddies playing a game. Um, so it, probably those two. And if I go, you know, I, I'd say probably Mario 64, you know, or Mario Kart 64. That was such a blast. And, you know, bringing that system to college and, you know, not wanting to go out some nights, you just put, you know, play with your friends and whatever else that that was a blast as well. So I, those three, probably the, the top three for sure. Just uh, great memories there. Absolutely. All right. I love it. All right. Let's get over to the preneur part. So uh, what is your exact role today? I am the director of esports for game time gaming and uh, part of the two person management team for the professional organization renegades. Okay. And what do you do? Uh, for game time, so they are based up in Auburn Hills, Michigan. Um, they have a physical location, which is like a, a gaming esports bar type of uh, setup. Obviously, with COVID, that kind of changed what they were able to do. Um, so I was brought on to really help grow their online presence. Um, you know, they they did some somewhat LAN events there, but they didn't really do a whole lot online. Um, so, you know, we're trying to really expand into the amateur scene with, with, with tournaments, leagues, uh, you know, whatever else. Uh, and right now we have a pretty large, uh, rocket league circuit, which, which does catch the eye of some lower end, uh, RLCS teams, which is great. Um, obviously the call of duty league that I started, which was kind of what got me started with this, uh, because they were looking to expand into established leagues. They, they brought that on. Um, that's part of it. We are just getting started into Valorant. We have a smash tournament, uh, which is basically headlined by a, uh, old smash pro. Uh, so really trying to, to grow into that just to provide a stable and trustworthy place for a lot of these higher end amateur players to compete in. And then the renegade side of things, obviously, helping them do, you know, whatever they can social wise and content wise and, you know, helping steer that ship. So. <laughs> okay. Fantastic. Now, um, my, my focus of the show is my guests, not necessarily the, the organizations they work for. Sure. So I I'd like to ask, you know, was it a difficult transition going from caring about geese and changing winter grass to summer grass over to the esports space? No, I, I don't think so because the thing that I did love about the, the, the golf industry was I got to connect with people and that's, that's always been what I love to do in really any job, you know, but before that it was, I, you know, during, during college, I was a waiter and love being able to talk to, to customers there, which is funny because when I went to the, or tried the career of, you know, financial advising and insurance, I, I didn't like that side of it because there's a, there was so much pressure to, to make that sale or get them to, you know, get the extra package or whatever. And I'm like, that's just, that, that's not what I like, but you know, when, when people come to you or, you know, are in, in an environment that's more conducive to their personalities coming out, that's really where I, I enjoy it. And in, in, in esports, you, you obviously see the, the good side and the bad side of, of people at times when competitions involved, you know, sometimes emotions will overflow, but for the most part, these, these kids are great, great people. And so many of them, even if they know they aren't going pro, you know, they just want to have fun, have a, a community they can hang out in and, you know, place that's that, that has people that have similar goals. And, uh, you know, I guess, you know, it's, it's, it's just a, a similar situation in, in, in terms of my ability to connect with people. And I really enjoy that. So, okay. How does it feel calling them kids when you're only 32? <laughs> 
Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> not not all of them are. Most of them, I, I would say, are probably in the, the college age range. Some might be younger. Some might be a little bit older. But um, it, I, I really can call them kids because there are a whole bunch of them that, you know, call me dad or whatever, just because that's, you know, they, they realize that I am a little bit older, obviously, uh, probably older for the gaming scene overall uh, com- com- compared to kind of what it's evolved to. Um, but no, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy to see how good these players are. Like I thought I was good when I was younger and, and seeing what they could do, obviously technology is different now, but uh, it's, it's a lot, it's, it's incredible to see what they can do and see that that skill gap from the professional player to the, the people that I see nightly really isn't that much different. It's they're, they're, they're closing in quickly. So. Absolutely. Okay. So I, I want to ask because, you know, you, you made this like hard transition from golf course management, financial services. Now you're in esports. It doesn't really seem like any of that was related. So maybe there's somebody out there who's like, you know what, I would love to get into esports, but I, I'm a plumber or I'm an electrician or I'm something else that doesn't seem like it would be related in any mm-hmm. way. How, how did you get into this? Like, was it just, I decided to apply or I had a study? Uh, what was it? I, I actually just had somebody reach out to me on, on Twitter and kind of ask this as well, because they were looking for some type of avenue to get into it. And I got very fortunate. So the, just a, a, a quick story or recap on how I kind of got started and, and how it all worked out. Um, basically my Call of Duty League started from a random uh, Discord post. So I, I'm sorry, uh, Reddit post. And I, I basically put it out there one day. We had 20 teams within a, a week and got started. And with that, I needed a lot of help early on because I didn't know the, the best ways to manage it, how to structure it, all that. So one of the people that actually reached out to, to help out uh, from, from day one was uh, who is now the, the GM of Renegades. So uh, he, he wasn't at that position then, um, but he, he applied or did, you know, didn't apply because I didn't have a system in place. But <laughs> he, he asked to, to help out, and, and he was a huge part of how we we kind of got started you know dug our heels in built a, a a name for ourselves uh and his story is obviously different but he ended up being the gm of renegades and also uh you know being the leading force in, in game time as well so once he was kind of in the position to take it on full time that's when he reached out to me asked me to you know if if i would be willing to you know hear him out on an offer and this was where i was at the very tail end of the insurance and financial advising part of things. And obviously with COVID business wasn't booming. Let's put it that way. Uh, it was, it was very difficult as a small business owner to really get people to, you know, want to spend money or switch or do whatever when there's so much uncertainty. So it was kind of perfect timing. Um, but what I would tell people that aren't as lucky enough as, as I was to kind of have that connection, you have to be willing to do a lot of what you're passionate about for free the, the Call of Duty League, I, I did without any type of monetary income from it for about two years and, and put a lot of time into it. You know, and my, my wife can attest to this because I, I told her very early on, it started out as something fun. And I, I realized quickly that there was potential there. And, you know, God love her. She, she stuck in there while, while I casted matches every night and, you know, spent afternoons and, and evenings dealing with Discord issues and whatever else. But, uh, you you have to be willing to put the the time in without getting paid for it. Like I have a lot of casters now that ask to get paid. It's like, 
but I mean, have you really cast before? Like, I'm not going to pay you because you want to cast. It's because you have to be good enough to warrant getting paid. And that's a lot of issues with people trying to get in the esports scene. Like you have to prove your value first. So certainly. All right. Um, what makes you good at this? What are, what are your unique skills? What, what is it that people need to have in order to do what you do? Patience for sure. You, you have to have a lot of patience. Um, but I, realistically it's, it's a lot about just, just being, I'm not the most organized person, but when it comes to, you know, doing things the right way, you know, be, having some type of system in place is huge because there's a lot of, a lot of different things that, that happen at all times. You know, I'm up to uh, a couple different leagues now, obviously uh, tournament circuits as well. So there's a lot of different people signing up for things and, you know, sign up starting, sign ups closing league starting, uh, you know, uh, Twitch schedules, casting, finding cat, you know, there's, there's a lot of holes to fill. So you have to be on, on top of kind of what's happening at all times and being, um, Structured that way is, is, is very important. Being organized is, is very important. Uh, patience realistically is a, a, a pretty big part of it because not everything's going to go perfectly at all times. There's a, there's a lot of people complaining about, you know, rules being broken that you need to spend 30 minutes talking to teams about to sort it all out because someone's telling half truth. The other team's telling the other half of the truth, but no one's telling the whole truth. It's like, all right, come on. Um, but the, the final thing I, I would say is, is being genuine because these, these players can really figure out quickly if you're doing it for the right reasons or not. There's a lot of leagues that I've seen come and go or have, have heard stories of, of leagues just, you know, doing signups, getting entry fees, and then, you know, dashing. Like, well, well, that's not a good, you know, that's not good for the scene at all. Um, so just, you know, being the same person from start to finish, that that's kind of what I've always tried to do and, and stick into your guns and, and being confident enough to tell people something they don't want to hear. That's, that's so important because it stick to, you know, stick to what you, what you know, who you are and okay. it'll work out hopefully. <laughs> Fantastic. Now, as you're, and as you were, and as you currently are growing into these roles, uh, where are you turning to, to, to kind of grow yourself? What resources are you using? How are you learning more? Um, a lot of it is, is trying to just experience as much as possible. I, I have to say, I haven't really had enough time to really, you know, dive deep into what resources are, resources are available to me. Uh, a, a lot of the professional side of things, you know, with, 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 uh, Renegades, I try to just pay as much attention to uh, what the, the GM Josh does, who, who he talks to, kind of how he handles himself in meetings and whatever else. The, the sales side of things, you know, trying to get sponsors or whatever else. I've, I've obviously dealt with sales before, so that's not a huge issue. But uh, with, with the, the players and the amateur side of things, it's a lot of just seeing what other people are, are doing for the most part, you know, trying to, trying to grow from what they're doing, but also be, be different in uh, trying to innovate a little bit on, on my side of things. So it's, it's kind of a little bit of everything pulling from other people, trying to be creative, trying different ideas and always trying to provide the, the best value possible. That's, that's really what I've always tried to do. And that's what we're always going to continue to do for sure. Okay. Fantastic. Now, Andrew, I'd like you to go back in time with me to when you first posted on Reddit. Okay. Oh my. Uh, go back yesterday. in time. And, and you know, you get to talk to little Andrew back then. It was what, only a year or two years ago. <laughs> yep. Two years ago. Just okay. And if you tell him everything that's going to happen over the next couple of years of his life, but you know, there's one thing he has to know. What is that one thing? Um, 
probably don't care what people think because obviously there's there's always going to be haters uh, or, or I guess not not haters because I haven't gotten to that point where I've haters yet. Let's get real. <laughs> but you know, there's there's always going to be people that are just negative and and we'll we'll try to find ways to find the bad in anything. Um, luckily, we've we've gotten to a point where for the most part, almost everyone in, enjoys how's it going and you know in enjoys the the work and product that we put forward um but early on there were definitely people that you know just just wanted to try to make life difficult and uh you know if if i always had that 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 confidence to not care about what they were saying and you know didn't worry about them bad mouthing what we were doing uh life would have been a lot easier for sure so okay beautiful uh do you have any other advice for anybody looking to get into the esports space any advice um I, it's it's really hard to say because I don't know if there's one really like proven good path to to you know reach your your goals or have your dreams come true. It's just you know find find a niche of some kind. That's what I would say because getting started is is the the hardest part. Like you know there's obviously leagues like like mine that you can go in and help out with and whatever else, but. Uh, there's a lot of opportunity in the, the scene as a whole. The professional scene is a little bit tougher because it's it's a lot more about luck than anything else. And um, but starting out, kind of just to get your feet wet, find some some area where you can become really good at, or you know, uh, make a, a name for yourself and try to grow that from there. So beautiful. All right, now about you a little more personally, if I can. Okay. You see, I believe that we learn the most in our life from our failures, not necessarily our successes, because mm -hmm. you can succeed and not have any idea what happened. Just sure, like, take it, right? Take the win, okay? Yep. But if you fail, you got to figure out what went wrong. You got to be able to iterate off of it and grow. Yep. So I'd like to ask you, Andrew, what do you consider your biggest failure in life, and what did you learn from it? In life? Um, I... Oh man, in life, that's a good question. I would probably say the the career switches that I tried to make at, after the golf industry. Uh, it was I, you know, going from the the golf industry, which is something that I knew like the back of my hand, I felt very confident in. I I kind of tried to make a switch because money wasn't where I, I wanted it to be in the, the golf industry that very much like the esports scene is a lot about luck on the positions that you get. And, you know, going from being the director of, of golf to a, a GM or, you know, a, uh, you know, like hospitality manager, something like that. It's, it's a lot about luck and about who, you know, in the scene. So I wanted to, to switch to something where I had more control and, and being, the owner of a business was not something that I was very good at. I, I was still pretty young and, that's not really an excuse. I, I just wasn't overly ready for it, unfortunately, and didn't perform the way that I should have. Um, but at the same time, I, I learned a lot about how to kind of adapt to the situations that are in front of me, which, which was very, very helpful. Uh, it, it really helped me focus on what I'm doing now, obviously, um, kind of helped it come full circle a little bit. And now I feel like no matter what challenges are in front of me, you know, whether it be business being a little bit slower, trying to find ways to, to make that change, trying to, um, you know, try to be different, try to evolve, but also stay, you know, true to my roots and whatever else. Those are things that I, I think I kind of learned from that experience. And obviously it's, it's very humbling as well. So. You know, All right. Wonderful. That. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> now on the flip side, what is something you're working to improve on in yourself today? Ah, uh, trying to improve. Let's see here. 
you know, even though I mentioned earlier about being organized, how, how important that is, I still have to improve on that a ton because I, I was always kind of just trying to run things by the seat of my pants because I was kind of good at it to multitask and be able to, to handle a couple of things. But there's, there's a lot of things that I want to get more efficient at, um, you know, being able to, to have things set up in a way where it, it, it makes my life so much easier down the road a little bit, you know, whether it be trying to, um, you know, give new players into our art leagues or, or, or tournaments a rundown on how they work. So, uh, you know, having it set up where, where there's a system in place for them to learn that ahead of time, instead of just sending me, me DMS incessantly. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I don't have enough time to respond to 20 to 40 DMS. Um, but you know, just small things like becoming more efficient and, um, finding ways to uh, solve problems before they even come up. So, okay. The five-year interview question, because, you know, every interview requires it. Where do you see yourself in five years? Where do you see esports in five years? I'll, I guess I'll handle esports first. I, I think we're going to see it. It's, it's hard to know for sure, obviously, but uh, it's, it's going to continue to grow. And, and I think a lot of that is, is going to kind of happen in the academia side of things so colleges high schools uh one of the the leagues we've started to get into is is high school and there are obviously pretty established high school leagues out there but i think you know um teachers and parents overall haven't completely bought into the esports world so once once they buy in that's really when everything's you know going to take off um because they esports really isn't hurting for investors or, or or people trying to you know get their 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 piece of the pie uh it's a lot about the the parents that maybe don't believe in it yet and once they do once high schools kind of change their uh curriculum from just being your typical algebra history science whatever else to more of like a a, a tech type of curriculum or or obviously having both uh that's when we're really going to see people or see the esports scene start to explode for myself um i I just want to get to the point where I can have a, a true impact on the amateur scene. Um, it, it's, it's still <clears throat> not very established for the vast majority of, of professional esports. You know, like there's, there's the lower end pro scene, which is covered pretty well. There's, there's a structure for it, but the, the, the players that are trying to work their way to that point. There's really no set way to, to get there. It's a lot about just, just playing a lot and hoping you get noticed. And I want to make sure that there's a system in place where it's, it's easier and more, I guess, reliable for these players that, that, that have that talent to really find their way to, you know, where they want to go. So, okay. Fantastic. Andrew, this has been a wonderful interview. How do people find you? Where are you on social contact information? All that, uh, please. My social is I, that's the, the one thing I wish I would have done early on. I never plugged myself. I, I didn't really care. I was like, yeah, you know, I'm new to Twitter. I don't, I don't care enough about my own personal brand. I should have very early on, but I didn't. Uh, my Twitter is at DrewBroChill88. There's a backstory behind that, but I won't get into it because it's not worth it. Um, but uh, pretty that's where I, I basically respond to everything. Um, obviously the league Twitter and all that. Um, that's where you can find me mainly on Twitter, um, either talking about sports or, or esports somewhere on there. So always looking to debate some type of football or basketball or something like that. So <laughs> that's, you can find me, but um, outside of that, I don't really know what other contact information is important. That's pretty much it. Okay. Right. It's, 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 it's works. Twitter or die. Right. And that's it. <laughs> uh, I, I, my Twitter is, is heinous. It's bad. <laughs> um, all right. Um, do you have any final thoughts you want to share or anything I didn't ask you think we still need to cover? Oh, 
I don't think so. Um, like, I, I guess I'm not sure who usually watches this or, or tunes in, but obviously there's a ton of interest in the esports scene now. And, you know, your, your, your question about how do people get into it? And, you know, that's, that's such a, such a big question and, and really important because there are so many people that are, are trying to find their footing in a career in the esports scene. And what I'll tell people is, is don't give up, you know, it's, it's really easy in to, to think maybe it's a, career that is unattainable it, it's definitely not there there are so many more jobs opening up and even if they aren't paying right away it's it's a start for sure get your foot in the door put your ego aside you know it's it's something where you you have to learn and and get your experience and be be trusted within your communities first before you can really take off so that's beautiful all andrew thank you so much for coming on this was hey, a fantastic interview thanks for having me i appreciate it man it was great Absolutely. And for everybody else, I'm going to remind you all, don't be just a gamer, be a gamerpreneur. <laughs>